0: This is the podcast by The Straits Times. I'm Howie Lim, and Game of Two Halves is our regular sports show every Monday at 5 15 p.m. And joining me are the sports podcasters from The Straits Times. today's sports editor Lee Yulin and sports correspondent Sazali Abdul Aziz. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Howie. Hi. So, we're discussing an old favorite that's back with a new twist. It's The Straits Times run, which this year has been turned into a virtual run. Yulin, you're the chairman of the ST run. Can you tell us first of all what's a virtual run? Does this mean I can sit on my couch and just watch?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. It's now in a normal uh, mass participation race. Uh, you know, people gather in the thousands to take part in the same event where they run the same route on the same day and at the same time. Mm. Now, a virtual run is quite different um, because, you know, what you do is you, you run the distance and then what you do is you clock your distance via your smartphone or your smartwatch, you know. So a virtual run basically allows you to run at your own pace and in your own space. Right. So you don't have to
0: follow the same route or designated route as it were.
1: No, you you just run on your own. Wherever. Uh, you run you run wherever you want to run. You can run at night, you can run in the morning, oh. you can run at noon. It's up to you.
0: So why is ST putting on a virtual run?
1: So we had been planning, you know, in earnest for this year's ST run and then COVID happened. Right. You know, people were and in fact still are banned from gathering in large numbers. And at the height of the circuit breaker, people were strongly encouraged to stay home. And if they went out to exercise, they could only do so alone or only near their home. Now, while some of these uh, restrictions have eased, the mass participation sports events are still not allowed. So we felt the best option then was to put on a virtual run, which would allow us to continue engaging the running community in a manner that is safe for our participants, sponsors, partners and ourselves. Mm, Tell us more though about the run, the kinds of runs there are, how you're supposed to go about doing it, etc.? So the most important detail you need to remember is that registrations open this morning, Ooh, and that's lovely. Monday, mm. right? So we have two distances: seventeen point five km and hundred and seventy-five km. We're having these unusual distances because the straight times are uh, turned hundred and se- uh, hundred and fifty, sorry, hundred and seventy-five years old this year oh. so that's just to mark our anniversary right but 175
0: so, is long though you live yes yes
1: yes so don't, so don't panic you know okay it doesn't mean that we are expecting you to tackle all these distances in one go so the beauty of a virtual run is that you can clock the distances over several sessions you know? oh, so for okay. the 17.5 kilometers participants have 10 days to complete the distance while those doing the 175 kilometers which is equivalent to about four marathons, they have 60 days to do so. So now this is very good la, for slow pokes like me, you know, who can cover <laughs> the distance by running or even walking uh, three kilometers a day. Same. Now, mm. yeah, so the other thing you need to know is that our run, we use an app called Move by Lively. So this uses GPS to track distances. La. So basically, you need to be running outdoors to get your distances recorded. Distances clocked on treadmills um, won't be counted. La. And of course, the other key detail that you need to know is that registrations close on October 4th and that you can sign up on our website, straighttimesrun.com, you know, where the other details like entry fees, the race period and other terms and conditions can be found. Now, not forgetting, go to our Facebook and Instagram accounts because we are quite active on social media this time around and we will have updates there and as well as our goodie giveaways from sponsors, uh, And I think that might be something that might intrigue some people.
0: Sounds good, Yulin, because I think marathons for some people who aren't uh, fitness enthusiasts can be a bit intimidating. They hear the distance, they hear one shot, they hear time limit, and it's all very difficult to sort of wrap your head around and think that you can actually do it. But this sounds great. 17 and a half kilometres chopped up in 10 days, kind of at your own pace, right?
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's perfectly manageable. So if you want to be, if you're a more serious runner, for instance, it, you know, you can perhaps have a slow build-up and then you can try and attempt a marathon towards the end yep. of your build-up. But like I said, you know, if you're, you're just starting out, you can do two kilometres a day, three kilometres a day, a regular walk, a regular or slow jog or something. You know, we have, it's, the beauty of virtual run is really flexible. It caters to everybody.
0: Let's go to Cezali now, sports correspondent with the Straits Times, before we chat about what's heavily weighing on our minds with regard to Newcastle United. Cesali, would you take part in this kind of a virtual marathon run?
2: I saw that, you know, you have obviously more time to complete the, the, the distance. It's the same as how the O T B C cycle was when I reported on it a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, it is interesting for, for people who haven't really participated in a in a yeah long long run long mess run so i think you know for the sake of supporting my own employers i think yeah i'll give you a go
0: exactly less intimidating right yeah, yeah. Definitely
2: okay. easier for, for, for people who are, you know, sort of not starting so out. And, and, oh, starting so yeah, yeah, and not so fit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do <didn't> want to... <laughs> but
0: yeah. Now, if you like The Straits Times Game of Two Halves, you can listen live on Money FM 89.3 from 5.15pm every Monday, or you can subscribe to hashtag Game of Two Halves on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. Back to the second half of our conversation with our ST Sports podcasters now. So let's talk about what's been weighing on our minds. We actually talked about this last week. So it's not usual that we bring something back, but it's really important to hear about it because there mm-hmm. have been some developments, haven't there? Last week, we talked about that sensational bid by Singapore-backed group, Sazali, that wants to take over English Premier League Club, Newcastle United. But there have been some major developments, haven't there? Tell us. You
2: know, on Thursday morning, you know, basically, the, the, the news sort of Reuters published a report where they carried a Basically, an admission from a spokesman from from that group, the Belenograph Nova Group, you know, saying they adopted doctored photos of a meeting they had with former U.S. President Barack Obama. Now, this 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 meeting actually happened. And the photos were taken at a charity gala event in singapore last december however the two two photos that have appeared on on their marketing and publicity materials since uh, appear to be doctored the first was of that same meeting but with the Bellagraph nova logo sort of superimposed on the background behind mr obama and the second questionable photo was of mr obama together with a third co-founder evangeline shen as well as the low cousins terence and nelson with a backdrop that appeared to be their paris office it was actually quite done. So, you know, it, it sort of was one of the first things that internet users sort of picked out when, when you know, they started looking into the Bellagraph Nova group. So, the Photoshop photos led to other questions about their business and their operation, which, you know, honestly had been swirling around since they, they announced uh, their bid mm. a week earlier. And very little detail can be found online about, you know, the 31 entities they claim to have. Uh, no financial documents have yet to be found to corroborate the claim of, of a $12 billion, U.S. billion dollar revenue. And like I said, you know, the, 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 the pictures um, of Mr. Obama supposedly in their Paris office were some of the things that users have, uh, internet users have questions uh, that have been posted on their social media, such as they claim to run a, an airline called BN Airlines that operates 10,000 private jets, which is strange because a Guardian report in October last year states there are fewer than five thousand private jets in operation. So these sort of discrepancies have led to questions over the company, which have you know honestly not been answered yet, Like So there's still a lot to unpack.
0: So convoluted. What do you make of all of it? To what end? Yeah, exactly.
2: Precisely. Yeah. It's, it's so it's so convoluted, it's so uh, complicated that, that, you know, honestly, I don't think anybody really knows what to make of this, uh, to be honest. As I said, many of the questions are still unanswered. The Street Times has, has reached out to several different parties in a bid to get to the bottom of things and, and hopefully provide clarity to, to some of the, the claims and, 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 you know, the, the, the things that have been seen on their social media. But until that happens, I think there will continue to be question marks over this group. To that end, we, what, what we do hope is that you know, Terence or Nelson Lowe or maybe Evangeline Shen will come forward to clarify matters. You know, so far, from what we understand, uh, all media requests for comment from them all the group have been responded to by their spokesman who is based in Paris. So, you know, perhaps if the, if the, the co-founders come forward and, and address all these issues, that would be the best way forward.
0: How do you feel as a Newcastle fan, though? It should just be about the football, right?
2: Yeah, but in 2020, I guess this is modern football for you. Uh, mm. it's, it's a business. Uh, it's not just you know a sport anymore. And honestly, as Newcastle fans, we're used to it. As I mentioned <laughs> last week, you know, take-over bids have happened and failed so many times in recent years. And, you know, especially we've with, with little known about the financial might of, of this Bellagraph Nova group when they announced their bid. I, I wasn't exactly getting my hopes up or, or doing cartwheels at the thought of um, uh, take-over materialising. I think
0: and not surprising also, to you, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah,
2: precisely. And and that's the general feeling of Newcastle fans, you know, everywhere, honestly. I think my, my colleague uh, Laura did a, a story today about Newcastle fans who are based in Singapore. And they said they've grown wary of, of you know, takeover bids, you know, to the point that every time there's, a, there's news or even a, an official bid announced, there's zero expectations because we know that there are so many hurdles along the way and, and you know, so many different parties have tripped up at different hurdles along the way. So... Yeah, I, I I still think everyone is hopeful though that that we will see fresh change eventually. What know, does it do
0: though to your hopes and dreams if you're saying expectations are at zero, really not holding yeah. your breath?
2: Yeah, no, I, I guess I guess you know it, it, you're just numb, just numbed by by news. But there 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 is obviously always you know at the back of your mind this this hope that that you know a fresh change will happen after 13 years with Mike Ashley in charge. You know we've we've been relegated twice, we've come back straight up the, the next time, which is you know, which is honestly lucky because we've seen a team like Leeds go down fifteen years ago and, and, and take so long to, to, to get back up to the Premier League. Like I said, you know, I, I hope we see fresh change. To whom he sells the club to is, is not really a huge issue. We don't need a mega rich owner. We don't need a oil baron. We don't need a Middle Eastern prince. I think we just need someone who is willing to, to help the club become more competitive in the transfer market and hopefully that will translate to greater competitiveness on the pitch as well.
0: All right, well, there goes our final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We hope you enjoyed listening to us. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you, Yulin. Thank you. It's great to be on again. Lee Yulin, Lin, sports editor with The Straits Times. And also thanks, Azali.
2: Thanks, Azali.
0: Azali Abdul-Aziz, sports correspondent for The Straits Times. This has been A Game of Two Halves on Money FM 89.3.